0: You made it. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you hear you really well. Did you get new headphones?
1: Uh, these are old. I just typically don't like to put them on my head unless I'm listening to music. You have COVID. Got it. I just had the toothpick up the nose.
0: But Was it positive or negative?
1: No, I haven't heard yet, but I'm sure uh, I don't have COVID. The worry is the young daughter. An abundance of caution, though, I took the test too. I didn't want to be typhoid Eloy. Right.
0: <laughs> um, so, what is the concern with the daughter? I mean, I don't know. The last I heard was it's no big deal if kids get it.
1: Oh, yeah, no big deal. It's just okay. uh, we are planning on traveling. And so, if she has COVID, then travel plans change. So, that was most she just woke up or has been complaining about a sore throat, woke up, puked this morning. And so, then that was the okay, that is the one symptom too many. Bummer. Yeah, but maybe not. She she feels, seems like she's feeling better. Hopefully negative test tomorrow and off we go. Hopefully it was a common flu.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Um, Can you say where you're traveling to?
1: Jackson Hole.
0: Good for you, man. Going
1: back, going back in. It is uh, Travis, Travis Rice is natural selection. The first, the first ever natural selection snowboard competition. I think there's actually been three before, but he started a whole new tour. It's kicking off in Jackson, and so in lieu of any professional surfing, I thought, I'm going to go do the next best thing, or maybe the first best thing, and go watch professional snowboarding.
0: So a listener actually told me that I should look into the Natural Selection Tour as a potential kind of new format for the WSL. I did not look into it because I figured you could just bring us all up to speed.
1: It's perfect. I can report live from the event itself, but yeah, I mean, it's basically... It's basically uh, three stops in this in this first season, or it's scheduled to be three, and obviously COVID, notwithstanding. But the first one is in Jackson Hole. Uh, I think February second through ninth maybe is the window, um, and then the second one is supposed to be up at Baldface in British Columbia, and the third one will be in Alaska. And I think he wants to, or the goal is to expand, a bit beyond three, uh, in in the coming years. But so this is sort of a not a test year. I mean, it's all happening, but yeah, it's the format seems totally awesome. It's a, it's a two day, uh, the event can get run in two days. Um, it's sort of big mountain, uh, with features built in, uh, it's men and women all in the same draw. Uh, I I don't think they they go against each other. I mean, I think there's a woman, women's winner and a men's winner, but they're all go at the same time. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's going to be totally phenomenal. Wow. Yeah.
0: Is, is Travis competing?
1: He is. He's, he is, he's like Pete Rose. Remember when, I think we've talked about Pete Rose before on the yeah, show. Yeah, we did. When, yeah, player manager. Yeah, Travis will be competing too.
0: Um, is that a conflict of interest?
1: I don't think so. He won, uh, he's done Supernaturals before or ultra naturals, or I think they've been called different things. Okay. Um, but I think he's won one of them. He's won one of his own events before. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm fascinated by this and I'm curious what the, like, is there a profit motive? Like, how is the business structured?
1: No, I mean, I think of course it's, you know, Travis, it's not structured to lose money. Uh, but also Travis, I think just has a proper love for snowboarding. And this is his, uh, one of the ways he can give back because there's, there's no tour like this really for yeah. big mountain riding. I think there's the free world or free ride world tour or something, but it's all, I mean, snowboarding entered the apocalypse way harder than surfing. Uh, and it just hasn't had, you know, especially the kind of riding that Travis does that there hasn't been a tour or events for these kinds of things that are, that are consistent. So him making something consistent, I think is a, is a sort of gift back to snowboarding.
0: We need a, uh benevolent kind of benefactor for the surf world. I mean, Slater could, it could be argued or Slater would probably argue that he is that person. Um, and maybe that was his gift with the wave pools, but I don't know that it's the same. I don't know that it's exactly apples to apples.
1: No, because, and I don't think that the wave pool is what the people wanted, right? Like I think the people wanted to surf right. the wave pool, but the people decidedly to not want to watch any contests in the, in the wave pool and that's yeah. more or less what slater has has gifted to us is competition in his wave pool
0: we would so i guess what we need is somebody to do it uh, do a tour essentially yeah. somebody just to organize a tour that was putting the best surfers in the world in the best waves and making it for the fans
1: that's all we need the best surfers and the best waves we Seems need so simple we need a tour where the title requires a tour and we need we need what are the other taglines you can't script it yeah we need one (laughs) that we can't script
0: (laughs) um well did you relaunch lodge grit
1: i did lodge grit uh is quietly relaunched um ahead of supernatural i feel i'll really get my teeth into it uh, okay at jackson uh and hopefully yeah some some good reporting but yeah lodge grit for those listeners who don't know, I came up or had the brilliant idea like four years ago or five years ago even. You know, we should just make the grit empire. We have beach grit, we should do lodge grit, we should do, I think grit grit was the, my idea for uh, skateboarding <laughs> and it wasn't supposed to be me doing it. It was supposed to be, um, yeah, get get sort of the premier or interesting voices in each genre and have them, you know, just speech grit like make a community of people who are who are perpetually talking and thinking about this kind of stuff uh and Grit was awesome for a minute but then i just straight ran out of steam but then i realized how wimpy was i to run out of steam so it's back this is like the third iteration of logic
0: it was a soft launch from the get-go the original one was even soft but i think the real uh crux here is going to be delegation
1: For sure. I mean, I need, I need, which I have, I have the voices for it. And so it's just, I'm just doing just to get it back up and kicking the cobwebs off the site and everything like that, just to get it back up and going. But then, yeah, hopefully natural selection is it's real coming out party and off we go from there. Cool.
0: Um, I guess it probably goes without saying, but we're recording this episode remotely. We are not at album surfboards today, and the reason being because you went to go get a COVID test
1: this morning. An abundance of of caution.
0: Um, How good was Chuck Patterson last week?
1: Oh, so good. I really, truly, I mean, Chuck Patterson, somebody should very quickly make a coffee creamer with Chuck Patterson. He deserves a billion-dollar empire.
0: I I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, and the like the day after, he's off on a plane to go ch- chase his next adventure, which we should have asked him about on air. W- where would he be going next? But apparently he's somewhere doing something crazy.
1: He he is not in the islands, is he? I don't he know. did not look like he was Maui. The pictures yeah. that I saw, it looked somewhere. Yeah. Not, not Maui-esque.
0: But I mean, I, I got nothing but positive feedback. People just loved him. And uh, what a great sport he was too. Not only to come and participate with us, but to not even try to throw barbs, like we gave him the open floor when we started the show, and he uh, he was gentlemanly about it. He's like, "Oh no, it's it's all good," you know.
1: I mean, and getting to getting to know about him and his both his past and why he's doing what he's doing, you know, obviously we bloviate without uh, without standing nonstop, and oh. so just to learn, you know, to dig in, but that conversation would have never happened had we not bloviated without standing it's a good point yeah um
0: if we had said glowing things he might not have ever heard about the show you know like people wouldn't have sent it to him
1: no and then he would have maybe would have just thought okay that's cool yeah like people are talking good about me the, the world is chock full of people talking good we don't need that anymore
0: that's a good point uh speaking <laughs> speaking of bloviating <laughs> uh you got canceled our spo- one of our sponsors canceled us last week due to uh your flippant remarks about suicide,
1: a bloodletting, an absolute bloodletting. yeah Jesus. Got so hammered this is not, in the DMs.
0: This is not the first time that um you've lost sponsor dollars due to something. I mean the the original story was Rip Curl with Stab Magazine due to something he wrote about Mick Fanning back in the day. Um do you remember what that number was? Was it a quarter of a million bucks of advertising they pulled?
1: I think, I think that's what it was overall. I think Stab lost more. It was more than just uh rip curl. It was people oh, getting in line after Rip curl. I think oddly uh, if my memory serves rip curl got furious and said, we are pulling ads uh, and made everybody else pull ads and then didn't actually end up pulling ads. No I think way. that, yeah, they, they ginned everybody else into pulling their ads. And then I think I, they might've pulled them eventually, but I think they went another like cycle or two with ads diabolical. Diabolical. Nobody to get else rid of the competition. The yeah.
0: <laughs> well, also the story gets their name in the press. So yeah. they they drum up all this interest with their name being mentioned. Everybody else pulls advertising out. So they stay at the front of the news cycle and then they keep their advertising going.
1: Geniuses. A marketing geniuses out in Torquay.
0: Totally. And here we are 15 years later and it happens again.
1: Same thing. you know. Okay. So I thought, a bit about this, right? Okay. Uh, So fill people in on the story, I suppose.
0: So in Barrel or Not last week, um, you were referencing the curse of the lotto, essentially. And you made a... I don't even know what... If if it was a joke or if you were referencing an actual story, but you were saying that, oh, no, you don't want to win a ton of money like that because you end up uh, committing suicide and then your kids commit suicide, blah, blah, blah. So I honestly, when you said it, it like set off a red flag in my head of like, Ooh, like I need to check in with this in editing. Like later I'll go back <laughs> and listen to see if this was a joke or if this was something that had happened or maybe, but then again, I'm running like so many different roles right there in that moment. I just thought, let me steer the the conversation back towards lightheartedness or whatever. And then I'm also running Technical production, so I'm making sure the cameras are working, making sure we're still recording, trying to engage Chuck in the conversation. And what I should have done is, in post production, gone back and listened to hear what that was, why it set off a red flag in my mind. But then I'm rushing to publish because it's a timely episode, you know. And uh, ultimately, I just never went and checked in. But you got blown up in the DMs. Um, I got a couple. Well, I got a email about it with somebody who was upset about it. Um, about you even referencing suicide, it's a touchy subject, and I think that's obvious. It is a touchy subject, and it would trigger somebody who has been personally affected by it. Um, so that was my experience with it. What and I think that brings people up to speed. But what what was happened for you, or what was so the then, comment that you even made?
1: I mean, but the end, the end though. BetterHelp sent you an email of the like, hey, this is this is not, not BetterHelp.
0: This is not in line with what, yeah, we're doing.
1: Yeah, so yeah. gone, sponsor gone. Uh, I mean, I didn't mean it, it was totally flippant, right? I said it flippantly, I suppose, but I was being deadly serious about it is that stories of people who win millions of dollars uh, and then their lives go totally off the rails. And I think there is, you know, high probability of suicide of of people who all of a sudden come into huge fortunes, right? Whether the people themselves or family members, like it really, I feel tips people off into weird directions. And so you can sure wish for billions of dollars, but if you actually get billions of dollars, how that affects your life, I think is something unforeseen. All to say, yes, I was flip with the remark. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I was thinking in this day and age, it's easy, I think, to of course get angry or like, are you kidding me? We're not even allowed to joke anymore. Like I I wasn't even saying anything bad and you, you know, you get all mad for that. But I feel people totally have great, like, yes, please correct me when you think that I'm being loose on something and I'm happy to observe my behavior. The thing that frustrates me, I suppose, is that that tattling has just become the thing you do. And so somebody went, BetterHelp clearly does not listen to the podcast, somebody hit, tattled to better help what we were doing and talking about there, you know, and this tattling thing, like even with the quote insurrection and quote, at the Capitol, everybody, or not everybody, but the vast majority of people who have been arrested were turned in by friends and family, uh, doing it happily and gladly, like calling up the FBI and saying, yes, that was my brother-in-law there. I can give you his picture. I can give you his address, which t- snitching culture, the the fact that we live in this like, imagine the sort of epochs in history where routinely turning in your neighbors for perceived crime or uh the fact that you have a, a difference of opinion with them was the thing the thing to do, right? I mean, yeah. we have some Soviet Russia, we got Nazi Germany, like where I feel not that we're in that thing, but this flipping on your neighbor or your friend, or your family member, if you have a difference of opinion with them, where, great, call me out for being flip and let me think about it, right? And let me realize, okay, yes, we do live, words change, meanings change. We used to be able to say, you know, joke about suicide and say retard all the time, and now we can't do that. And that's good that we can't do that, right? It's like, we've all grown up and we've gotten better at communicating, I feel, or trying to learn lessons of triggering someone like, is both a joke, but also serious, right? When somebody really feels hurt by words that I say, then I want to know so I can either adjust or at least be aware of it, right? But this tattling thing, come on, people, stop tattling. I
0: agree. Yeah, no, it's a weird thing. It's especially problematic in the current culture where you get canceled because of it. You know, like, it's it's one thing to tattle, but the consequences are so severe now that people lose their job for something that often they didn't even say, you know, like it it was just perceived by the person who heard the information. And in this specific scenario, it doesn't do anybody good. Like BetterHelp is a great service that is providing uh, help for people. And honestly, I've gotten emails from listeners who have been using it, who Are appreciative of the service because they hadn't been, they maybe had been, um, didn't go to traditional therapy for previous years for whatever reason. And now this makes it easier for them and it's more affordable and all that sort of stuff. Well, now future listeners aren't going to hear about it from us because, you know, because you said something that somebody was upset about that they complained about. So I don't see that it does good for anybody.
1: Well, and right. and also, I mean, I'll try to fight it. But my natural inclination when something like this happens is not to joke about suicide some more, but now joke about about, about online mental health in general, right? I mean,
0: yeah, well, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that part. I'll edit those future episodes out. Then, thanks. We're really um, letting future potential sponsors know I mean, that they could get made fun of if they step.
1: Sure, better not. I mean, but but honestly, well, and this, so that's
0: the bigger picture too that I've had to think about is, gosh, do uh, I mean, do we really want to be um, like, do you really want them to be able to edit your words or or your editorial?
1: And and like also take take everything as as an ex- executionable offense. Exactly. Like yeah. instead of going, it's like, hey, could you guys maybe in the future not joke about suicide if indeed you were joking about it cuz again i wasn't joking about it i was i mean i i said it in a offhanded way but yeah it wasn't a joke but uh, if they you know but no there's no more there's tattling and then there's execution and that's it there's you got tattled on for doing something now the relationship is finished over the the stakes i suppose are too high for anybody to have a normal conversation about something they disagree with anymore
0: which by the way is why we need to, uh, encourage people to sign up for the subscription platform. And that's kind of been the goal from the beginning was let's not be indebted to, or let's, let's kind of break up the traditional model that the surf industry has run on. And so if we could just have a one-to-one relationship with listeners and then the listeners chime in and email or DM you and say, hey, I didn't like when you talked about this and here's the reasons why. Well, you can adjust your behavior or not. And you can have a dialogue with listeners, which I think we are kind of right now. And, But it doesn't come from, it doesn't get run through the filter of advertisers and sponsors. You I know? mean, of,
1: of course, because BetterHelp is obviously a multi-million, I'm sure, dollar business. They can't have, they can't deal with this at that level, I suppose. Like I, I, I get it. But yeah. To, I mean, oh, how much better is the subscription world?
0: It's way better, but I don't think that listeners, or I mean, clearly we have way more listeners listening to this than we do subscribers. Like we have a fraction of the number of listeners who have signed up for subscription. So this is our plea to you. Let's keep Surf Media independent or let's make Come it on. independent. Come and on. you could sign up on Surf Doc, Actually in your show notes. There's a subscribe hyperlink in all caps. If you're listening in Apple, Spotify, whatever, just click that hyperlink. You can get it set up. It's five bucks a month and it keeps us independent. In lighthearted news. Amanda Gorman inspires Beach Grits denizens to, and by the way, so did this all started with barrel or not last week.
1: Poetry. Poetry, the poetry. barrel or not.
0: One listener dug deep into Amanda Gorman's Instagram account and found her surfing in 2017 and sent it our way. Who knew?
1: Not only surfing, writing a poem about surfing. There is no place I'd rather be than on a surfboard out at sea. Amazing. poem. the poem. Yeah.
0: She's come a long way, let's be honest, as a poet.
1: I mean, yeah, she's, she's exceeded, but I don't know, that, that, po- that poem speaks to me. There is Does no it? place I'd rather be. Than, on a surfboard out at sea.
0: It's pretty simple,
1: though. It is it's a simple rhyme. But um, uh, she looked good, Amanda Gorman. I liked know, it. Yeah, long.
0: and uh, so you posted that on Beach Grit, and Beach Grit's commenters went to town, and not making fun, but like went to town writing poetry. There was amazing so poetry.
1: So, so did it did it make you rethink poetry in general? Your stance that that poetry is highfalutin and cocky
0: yes it made me rethink it i mean honestly the one that i read from a listener last week in the show uh sealed the deal for me but then yeah beach grit just drove the point drove it home that poetry is very barrel
1: i hope that uh amanda gorman continues on surfing i didn't see any more surfing posts than that one i was wondering that too I don't really know if there's no place she'd rather be than on a surfboard out at sea. It seems as if there are many places she would rather be than on a surfboard out at sea.
0: This would be the WSL's ultimate get at this point.
1: I mean, are you kidding me though? This would be a fish in a stinking barrel. This is not, this is honest to goodness, one call from Elo to Oprah, one call from o- Oprah to Amanda Gorman. And there you have it's two calls to get Amanda like, At least interviewed or whatever, like sleeping, perpetually sleeping.
0: Get her to surf ranch.
1: Typhoid Elo just is too busy at surf ranch himself using and abusing popular memes to showcase his own fantastic ability. I know
0: that was amazing.
1: Um,
0: Narcissism (laughs) levels are running high in surfing.
1: I think it was Carl von Funningstad got on and just said, he is such a dork. And then went on to talk about something else, but he is such a dork. Sums it up, sums up Elo's whole game better than anything. He is such a dork. So I'm
0: going to present to you every topic today in the fashion of high or low. Is this a low point for surfing or is it actually the highest point ever? And this came from a listener. This first paragraph came from a listener. He was making the claim that this is surfing's lowest point of all time. And I'll, ex- he'll, I'll read his paragraph to explain why. But as I read it, I also thought, I don't know. This is also, could be like more opportunity here than there's ever been before. So this paragraph said, Vals are higher in numbers than when Gidget hit. Soft top sales are the highest category in the market. The CEO of the WSL is an ex sup from the Oprah network. And that same company decries themselves for having racial and gender inequality issues as a marketing tool. So they call themselves out for having racial and gender inequality issues and use that as a marketing tool through their messaging to be like, hey, we have a problem and we're going to fix our problem, you know? So he was saying it's the lowest point in surfing because of all of these things. What are your your thoughts? Are we at the lowest point in surfing right now?
1: this doesn't sound very antidepressive, but I'm going to agree with him uh, that it's pretty dang low. The amount, I mean, purely the amount of kooks in the water versus what we're getting as our sort of side benefit from that, where it used to be the kooks were marketed t-shirts and whatnot and stayed on land, right? Which True. And then those surf companies who were making money off selling, you know, whatever, kooks, t-shirts... Would theoretically reinvest some of that in, you know, Andy Irons and surfboard or surfboard movies, surf films, and whatnot. So it feels like that relationship dynamic has changed. But I guess conversely, here I go talking myself into something else. I feel we're getting better surf film now, or better surf clips, uh, or better surf shorts. I should say, like Snickin' and Tom Curran's scrubber for what is it Three Three scrubber. Scrubber? how good is that we'll get to it okay but it's amazing like but that i don't feel that, that would have come out of a traditional era yeah uh and even the appreciation for tom i don't know if it would have been there in a more high, higher point of surfing let's say or if surfing was at a higher point so yeah i will agree that we are at a very low point i will also say that we need to go lower the whole thing needs to needs to break on the rocks i feel like snowboarding did Uh, in order for us to get then a supernatural out of it or natural selection. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I guess as the Delta, wide, like there's what's happening that he just said is so not relatable to my personal surf experience and how I grew up with surfing. And so I feel like there's this Delta where yeah, over here there is an ex SUP or from Oprah who's running this circus, but it's uh, it's different than my surfing is. And so but the- in my world of surfing, there's Connor O'Leary with no stickers on his board surfing better than, you know, than people were surfing on tour two years ago. And he doesn't even have a sponsor and he's going to have to get a real job. And that's kind of what I want to see. It's like left room for this thing over here to happen. and, I guess the one caveat is what you said is that it's more crowded than ever. So if that is infecting my personal experience, but we just had a month long run of swell. And honestly, all the valves get washed down the beach. Like when the waves actually get good, there's a bunch of current and they all get swept away and I can stay in position and get the waves that I want to get.
1: That is true. I mean, the the good surf sort of, if we had, the amount of good surf that we just had over that run consistently, then I wouldn't worry about the Val explosion. And I I kick myself every time I do get frustrated about it because it's always my fault. I've said it on the show before and I will say it again. It's me going out to a kook spot at 10 30 AM. Like what in the world do I expect and why it's not their fault. It's completely my fault. I know better spots and I can, Get my dang self out of bed at 6 a.m. and go get it right. Yeah. And so it's my laziness. So, yeah. And and to like in terms of what's coming out of surfing, it's amazing. I think the entertainment that's come out of surfing in the in the even even the way the World Surf League is just like a fish out of water flopping on the dock is super fun to watch. Right. I mean, in terms yeah. of pure entertainment, I, yes, I would rather. I would prefer to be watching professional surf heats and, you know, discussing, oh, did John John get, you know, pushed through on that or did Pip, you know, pussy out again or whatever the case may be as it comes yeah. to actual professional surfing. But but in lieu of that, it's pretty pretty fun to watch the WSL gasp for air on the dock.
0: As long as it's not our only form of entertainment that we have access to.
1: I mean, I think I I I do believe that the WSL of course, we've been saying it forever, but especially now with the COVID, it's real make or break. I read another headline just the other day about, I think it was in Forbes, about how COVID has dealt surfing a or pro surfing a way worse hand than everything else. It's like really decimated it. And every single time I was like thinking, how in the world is the thing that's completely naturally socially distanced I know. out in the water, two men heat at a time, four men, they could still not get within, you know. 15 feet of each other how is this the thing that just got devastated how is hockey right how is i mean completely it's the only explanation so watching the mismanagement is fun yeah I'll, I'll say that
0: yeah uh i'll i'll actually segue use that to segue into an email that we got from a listener and he said i'm the biggest sports fan and i have a subscription to every possible uh, you know, sports subscription service. Locked in London last year, the revival of global sports was a godsend, except for surfing. One amazing example that I really enjoyed was Formula One. The 2020 season was one of the most entertaining seasons I can remember, and they had zero live fans, which usually helps make the atmosphere amazing. And when they got to Australia, one day before the event was supposed to run, and by the way, they had built a track in the city, all the teams and drivers had already sent tens of thousands of containers of all of their equipment, cars and everything, to Melbourne. But once, one day before the event was supposed to run, it all got canceled. Everybody went home to Europe and the F1 didn't freak out. They shifted and they changed plans. In the short term, they had virtual racing. They had a virtual racing series with all the drivers and celebs, which was available that. live on TV globally. Then they sorted out global COVID restrictions, and they managed to run 19 different races across Europe and the Middle East, moving those thousands of people and equipment. Similar to this, uh, the best thing that Formula One. The similar to this uh, ultimate surfer TV concept that we haven't yet seen, the best thing that Formula One ever did for the sport was a Netflix series called Driver to, Driver to Survive. It was an absolute hit and it followed the teams of drivers around the season getting behind the scenes drama, the complete opposite of the wall of positive noise and it attracted tons of new fans. As a long-term fan, it was so fun to suddenly having more people, uh, to all of a sudden have more people interested in the sport. I think surfing and WSL can definitely do this, uh, especially with a mix of big wave tour and all of the other things other than the shortboard tour. Anyways, sorry for the long message. I was just so disappointed in the WSL for screwing over fans out of what it could have been an awesome year. Anyways, cheers for the great work, Terry.
1: Terry is exactly right. And funny enough, I was going to say today, you know what I am inspired to watch based purely on advertisements running? Curious, what? Stinking NASCAR this year. Oh, really? Nas- NASCAR s- put out the most engaging, funniest, or to me, funniest or very amusing, I suppose, commercials, uh, teasing the new season. Uh, they had me hook, line, and sinker. Like it was really? everything. I am not a motorsports huge motorsports fan i don't have never really watched uh but they honestly had me with both the way they're changing the tour uh or or the races and whatnot who they're kind of sticking together i mean i was i was captivated captivated by nascar and imagine imagine how clunky nascar is like such a bigger ship with a smaller rudder to have to ship, but they figured it out. They figured it out. And I'm it, like, I will watch some NASCAR this year because I'm excited to see what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and that's what he's saying. I mean, I didn't really think about it, but shipping containers Yo. across the world filled with cars and all the equipment is a huge ordeal.
1: I mean, and the, the amount of millions upon millions of both the sponsors are paying oh that, my gosh. that F1 costs. I was at the at Melbourne for the, uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but I was in Melbourne for the F1 Cup. And it's, I mean, it is, and, or it shuts the city down, right? Like it is one of the major, major things that happens, not just in Melbourne, but in, uh, all of Australia. I mean, I think hosting an F1 race for any country is like major, major deal. There's, you know, millions, if not billions of fans, billions of dollars, and they're able to sort it out. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: organization and, and honestly having the staffing, I mean, honest. I think that's kind of what it is, is um, devoting the re the, for the WSL, they would need to devote the resources to staffing. Cause I know yeah, I the see. people, the people that I know who work there and that I've talked to over the years, they're wearing a lot of different hats and their roles shift kind of all the time. They're trying to do too many things. And so I think it's kind of an organizational situation.
1: It could have. I mean, I think, obviously, hindsight 2020, but I feel when, and I've said it before, say it again, I feel when history looks back, uh, I mean, surfing, since that became the World Surf League, and Paul Speakers stood there and said, we're going to be bigger than football. uh, This was their moment to not be bigger than football, but to be big? Is there one moment in history when no other sport's on? They could have rolled something completely aspirational when people are depressed and it's locked inside who does not want to see you know tropical barrels like it it would have been the perfect medicine for our the salve for our troubled time and they just flat out blew it didn't know more than blew it made a mockery of themselves
0: have you heard anything from the WSL since they talked about postponing Santa Cruz and canceling Sunset
1: no uh either Nick Carroll the greatest surf journalist of all time Nick Carroll sent me he said for sure you've seen their latest update or whatever and I said no I don't get anything I'm not on any mailing list uh, so he sent it to me and said something about how how wicked Derek and I are just you two are just wicked so
0: well yeah. what 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 was it that he saw
1: was I can't it a remember. personal what, email no no it was like I'm sure just their presser and I can't remember even what the conversation was about but Nick Carroll calling me and Daryl wicked Made me, made me chuckle.
0: In their press
1: release? I mean, they didn't call us wicked in their press release. No, Nick. Oh, Nick. Oh, I think oh, Nick oh. said, this is why I said, I get nothing from the WSL. And Nick's response was, well, you and Derek are just wicked.
0: Gotcha, 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 yeah. gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm curious why we haven't heard from them in a I, month.
1: Since- I mean, well, Stab, under it's talking about subscription models. Stab's shitty subscription model uh, posted something about Jed Smith did a big story on, apparently on, they're filling up the jumbo jet and sending it out there, right? I think it's supposed to be flying out now, but he's going to be in quarantine for two weeks. I think a bunch of Australian surfers are already done their quarantine or are doing it in the middle of their 14 days in a hotel room and then off they go.
0: I read that piece and I don't think they said that that was actually happening right now.
1: Did you read? I thought it was the end of, oh, I'm sorry. Not It's not now, but it's. I think it's pretty soon.
0: I think they see. I, I guess I didn't. I couldn't figure out if they were saying, "This is what is going to happen," or "This is what would need to happen if they were going to actually pull it off."
1: I, it felt to me like that. That was. Oh, I mean, I didn't read it, so yeah.
0: <laughs> I, 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 well, because the concept that they pitched was,
1: jumbo jet, no family, Jum- no friends.
0: Yeah, they fill the jumbo jet out of LAX to Sydney. But that means that all the world tour surfers have to get to LAX first. You know, there's so that, like a there's a bunch so, of loops that would have to get jumped.
1: Hoops. So that whole that whole premium story was just a hey, I'm gonna paint you I'm gonna paint you a what if scenario.
0: With a little bit of um, intel from Conor O'Leary and a couple of other people saying that there's grump grumblings from surfers if they well, were to pursue just, that model.
1: That's a ripoff. Come on. That stab. that's the way
0: that I read it. That's yeah. why I read it. Um, Come on. Well, so my, back to the conversation of like, is this the lowest point in surfing or the highest and the quality of content that we're getting? Um, I feel like television it's, it's, it's at simultaneously at the lowest point and the highest point ever. Like the Kardashians is, or the real housewives of whatever is the worst television that has ever existed in the history of TV. However, you also have the crown, and you have—I uh, mean, whatever Ozark.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and even in even in the F1 NASCAR concept of like, I'm watching so many things that I wouldn't wouldn't have watched otherwise, like yeah. both wouldn't have had time and or uh, wouldn't have been interested. But like, foreign period dramas and whatnot are right. like exactly, which I would never would have watched before.
0: Exactly. And so I feel like that's kind of happening with surfing. And I don't think it really was two and three years ago. We were just, I I don't know, like um, the artists quote unquote, hadn't like dedicated the time and resource towards actually producing really good pieces, but we've kind of turned a corner now to where we are, you know, and Von Von Blakey is doing postcards from morgues and free scrubber and devoting his resources or his talents i should say and rip curls resources towards those projects that exist for free they just go out on
1: youtube for free the um how do you think uh the average person let's say that let's say the val who just got there you know being healthy uh i'm gonna go soft top now this is my covid exercise thing they're experiencing surfing somehow, right? Do they experience it through the WSL? Has any one of them seen Free Scrubber? Do they, do they know who Tom Curran is? Like, what is their, like, I, think, I feel everyone's, un, there's this massive Val explosion, but I feel everybody is untethered from them as to what they think. I don't think they're, I bet that Val is, is as aware of the World Surf League as he is anything else, which is to say not aware.
0: So I've gotten a few emails from new surfers and they say that they, I think the consensus that if I just kind of piece together things that they've said is they follow the WSL on Instagram. Okay. And that's kind of the extent of it.
1: Okay. So I, they, but so they follow for surf pictures, not for like updates on who's leading the tour. Who's
0: And arguably there was no tour when they got into surfing really. in 2020. And so that's kind of the bigger picture of you're talking about being disappointed by the WSL or them blowing an opportunity. This is the exact detail is that there's all these new vows. That's their exact demo that they've been trying to expand into. And if they're not capturing that market by providing content that those people would want, and the inertia maybe is capturing it, you know, then that's a loss. I think another interesting question is the Tom Curran question. And so is this a high point or a low point is free scrubber. It's low fi. First of all, like it's not like Tom Curran's doing crazy airs or whatever.
1: Oh, but, but his like watching surfing like that again. It, I mean, I just, I drank that thing up watching Tom Curran's hands, the way Tom Curran places his hands every time is, I mean, talk about poetry.
0: My so goodness. is it, is it, I mean, to you and I, it's amazing in its simplicity, of course. Or is it, does it fall on deaf ears for the Val?
1: I mean, I would have to think that, see, that's, I suppose that's the problem, is there's nobody in surfing uh, who's, I don't know, like explaining, There's there's no class for the Val, right? There's no Val, like, picks up surfing, Then gets taught that, hey, okay, you've got to look at sort of these epochs of surfing or these different eras. You know, look at the way Andy Irons attacked, you know, whatever, Cloud Break. Look at the way that whoever, go through them. Look at, I mean, look at both Tom Curran young, Tom Curran mid, and Tom Curran old. Like, I guess guess that's what makes surfing kind of great is you really got to piece this out yourself.
0: No, well, magazines did it for you and
1: I. I mean, for sure. Yeah. We didn't piece it out by ourselves. We, we were ushered in with magazines. Um, And the magazines
0: always had like a little bit of history. There'd be like, not that they designed it this way, but there would be like 10% of the content kind of give you a little historical context. And then the majority of it was like, what's happening now and new, you know, and then advertiser content.
1: There was something more static about it then too, where, I mean, yeah. that Tom Curran poster on my wall, the, the you know, iconic Tom Curran poster that I'm sure every kid had staring at that nonstop for like, you know, 10 straight years of my life, as opposed to things existing on Instagram now where you would see yeah. an image, but the image doesn't live in your perpetual mind. I mean, Tom Curran watching Free Scrubber again, I realized how much a part of my brain's DNA Tom Curran is just purely by staring at a poster for 10 years every day.
0: I know. I So I loved Free Scrubber, apparently, as much as you did. I think everybody does. You know, the internet's kind of blowing up about it in the last day. Tom Curran is surfing pretty much as good at 56 as he ever has been. He's electric. Like, his subtle and by the way the waves actually weren't pumping for most of that footage they were very subpar for that spot and I know if I was out like I could see if I was out there I would not the barrel is like you think it's gonna barrel but it doesn't and it hits a weird warble but the way that he adjusts and transition and he's always in the exact right spot like I would have been frustrated out there in a lot of those sessions and a lot of the way Uh, footage was smaller surf too but his fast twitch muscle adjustments are that of a 22 year old
1: I mean it was it was incredible an absolute poetry and couldn't have come at a better time for multiple reasons but but also even did I love Italo's surfing I love John John surfing I love there's a lot of different kinds of surfing I love and obviously it's not either or or better worse but somehow Tom's the, the freeze grabber, Tom Curran, in that film, there was just something about the way he moved on that wave that that it felt like a nice compliment to everything else that's happening on the on the progressive side of surfing right now. Completely. Beautiful. completely,
0: And relatable. Like, not, or aspirational, I should say. I watch that and I think about how I want to adjust my own surfing the next time I go surfing. Whereas when I watch Idolo, it's not even relatable. I can't even do that. Do-
1: And there's something about watching Tom surf where you can get the feeling like clearly cannot surf like that, but there's something about, Oh, I, I I can almost taste that sort of transition from pocket to like, again, not that I surf like that, but why, like you said, wanting to surf like that, wanting that feeling and, and having enough of a taste of that to, to feel like, okay, if I smooth it all out a little bit, maybe I could have that for like, two seconds. That's what
0: it is. is—is just smoothing it out. I mean, honestly, my takeaway was stand there more frequently, like don't try to pump down the line, you know, like, okay, I know how to get to my feet. He just got to his feet. And what does he do? Oh, he just like waits for the wave to kind of find the line of trim or where he's going to bottom turn. And then once he does it sits into his hips low and drives into it i can do that i don't but once i get up i just start uh, 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 start acting like a kook you know and start pumping like oh there's a section let me get to that section as fast as i can no no no. calm down sit into your hips and push against the board and then it goes
1: how good did his did his channel islands 20 look well
0: dude i mean that's a whole conversation that thing looked insane and it's it's uh apparently something that he and Britt merrick have been working on for a while and i am super eager to find out more about that board
1: yeah i mean we should we should shelve that topic we could do a whole show i mean i was just drooling over the board and of course seeing somebody i mean tom curran can obviously he surfs a boogie board amazingly but uh skim. There was somebody, he's surf he's boogie surf too. Totally.
0: Yeah, there was footage uh, at that exact spot like two or yeah. three years ago with him wearing socks on his head.
1: <laughs> that spot is a good spot. So I hey. Really, I really enjoy that spot.
0: I'm going to ask you the provocateur to answer a question that I've never heard publicly. Okay. Asked. Uh, what is Tom Curran on? What drugs is Tom oh, Curran
1: on? I, I think it's, I think uh, he's a heavy weed smoker. Okay. Is what i've heard like lots and lots and lots and lots of weed to again what i've heard who knows tom don't be mad if this is not true but like social anxiety sort of style and then the weed tamps it down and so you're just sort of perpetually stoned but that i've known other people like that who have like severe social anxiety who are stoned all the time so they can be in public And it's kind of a, you know, a fun little balance there. A fun little dance between the anxiety and the highness.
0: Okay. You don't think he's doing anything else?
1: I mean, maybe mushrooms or whatever. But I think he's, he seems pretty, he seems pretty uh, psychedelically whatever, right? He doesn't seem like pharmaceutically. No. It doesn't look pharmaceutical. Definitely not. It looks natural.
0: But we can all agree that it's something
1: i mean for sure i think it's a ton a ton of weed
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's wonderful first of all uh but i've just accepted that's part of his personality you know without ever really digging too far into it but lauren was actually sitting next to me on the sofa last night when i put that on and she just turned to me midway through. It was through like a lot of the B-roll where he's like examining plants and like, Oh, is this moss? What is this? Oh, yeah. see the water? And he's talking about water. She just turned to me and she's like, what is he on? And I yeah. was like, that is a great question for the fans to, for the fans to hear about.
1: As I mean,
0: but it's wonderful.
1: I completely. And and that is him now, right? Like as a kid, stare again, staring at the poster I just assumed he was like Kelly Slater, I suppose, like just a competitive machine. who was just out, you know, trying to win and stuff. But then when you actually learn about Tom Kerr and you realize, no, he was not that he was never, he was never that.
0: Yeah. He's a savant in the water. I mean, it really really was, it really was. uh, So I can't even come up with all the adjectives that it was. It's just wonderful to watch free scrubber live on YouTube. Everybody get it. Here's my question. This is kind of a theme I feel like that's emerging in 2021 is why are 50 year old dudes ruling harder than anybody else? Kelly Slater's 49. Nathan Fletcher's 48. And he blew out all those kids at the stab high thing. Pete Mel, the wave of his life in his 50s. Chuck Patterson is a real life action hero. Tom Curran is 56. What's
1: going on? It's a great point, a very, very great point. And I would think out of the gate that, uh, you know, we're just getting older. And so we're looking more at older people. But I don't think, I mean, this year in particular was a banner year for old dudes. This month, this year,
0: this year being 2021. Yeah. Like the young dudes are going to have to scrap to get the uh, trophy back. I mean, honestly, John John Florence is... Uh, earning his keep and Kai Lenny is. But other than that, the old dudes are taking the headlines.
1: Kai Lenny's stinking Jaws barrel was something else. Did you see that most recent one or the The most recent one he posted?
0: Was it the GoPro clip?
1: There's both a GoPro angle and I think a helicopter angle of the same wave where he's going so fast from the heli angle. I don't know how you stay upright going that fast. Like how you negotiate chop and much less getting barreled where you can't see moving crazy. it like he looks like he's going like 50 miles an hour
0: he just knows the line on that wave so even if he's doing it by braille he he kind of knows just to hold Oof. the line
1: impressive though
0: hold the line and like absorb the shock through the knees uh but, re- but
1: oh sorry
0: no he reminds me of i don't know a 10 years ago remember that little remote control surfer that came yeah. out that there's a they bunch couldn't... of video clips of
1: you couldn't, that it couldn't fall down ever. Like exactly. it could get totally washed out and surf out of anything.
0: Exactly. That's the, what Kyle Lenny's
1: like. The old thing with surfing. I mean, it's just really proof and putting or the, the, uh, surfing is not a taxing thing, right? It's not football where you're getting pounded into the ground for certain yeah, X amount of years. It's not basketball where you're, you know, weight training and eventually your tendons and muscles and whatnot just wear out. Surfing is fluid and, you know, it's it's not very taxing on the body. So well,
0: it's a yoga practice, actually. Yep. That's the equivalent. And yoga you can get better at into your seventies, you know, or whatever.
1: I wonder if the the young breed now who really train hard, if they're actually shortening their surfing lives where they will not be surfing well in their fifties because they'll have bad backs and hurt knees from doing so many squats.
0: I think the ones who are doing it correctly are doing a version of training that is surf specific, where it is more fluid.
1: But I wonder though, if even taxing those muscles and tendons and ligaments and all that more than you have to, if that's why Pete Mel can still go out and rip Mavericks because he never did need solid training. Maybe he don't.
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe. he
1: did solid training too. This is a I don't very many unknowns in a statement, I suppose, that I delivered as fact.
0: Um, so lamest thing ever or best thing ever? The, the digital triple crown.
1: You know, at first I thought it was lame. And then I thought the pre, I liked Kaipo, but aside from Kaipo, I thought the show was asinine. Did yeah. you watch it? I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I
0: tried to, and it wasn't worth watching.
1: It's completely like, if you're going to do the digital, so all to say, I liked the idea of it and I thought it was a, I thought the format was great and I thought they totally blew it and whatever that production was. Like, well,
0: the, I think the value of it wasn't the final um, award show. Like the value of it was having a month running of people submitting clips, going to their website to watch the clips, hope you know, knowing that there's a swell tomorrow, see what clips come in off of that swell. I think that was the real value. The final award show was not, not even necessary, I don't think.
1: I mean, you should have though had, if that, if that's true, I guess you should have had like at least a weekly wrap where yeah. you could say, okay, these are the clips that matter this week. You know, th- these are the ones, hey, get on there and vote. Like there was, I felt there was no drive ever to get me to care about it until yeah. after it was finished. And then I looked at it and actually studied the, I didn't even think I'd full well knew what the format was, but reading it, I was like, oh, this is great. This is it. Why didn't they make this more interesting? It was a little
0: confusing. I thought, or not the format, but the scoring was confusing. And I I, I had to read it. No, it didn't have to be. So basically, traditionally the triple crown runs at three stop, three spots: um, Hollyiva, Sunset, and Pipe. And so they did that. But users or athletes just submitted clips from each of those spots.
1: It was it was two was it two waves from each spot because it wasn't unlimited. Oh, okay. Which which made it more interesting too. I think you had to take, you had to pick your two best rides at each spot and then submit those.
0: And they were scored on a 30 point scale, which Which, was weird.
1: I mean, like, but it didn't have to be weird. I I just don't know why they didn't explain it better out of the gate, like and make a bigger deal about it. it, especially in the, you know, no pro surfing is happening where they say, okay, put that aside for a minute. Let's all concentrate on this thing as, you know, who has the best wave of the week. And then we're, I mean, it was as far as I was saw, it was more or less crickets until I poorly produced award show.
0: Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, 30 points per submission and you have two waves from each spot. So 60 points per spot times yes. three would be 180 points total. If you surfed a perfect,
1: you got yeah sixty. Okay. Okay. I think so, that was it.
0: So uh, on the male side, John, John Florence swept. He actually won Hollyva, he won Sunset, he won Pipe. He was the overall winner, obviously. Uh, and then Jack Robinson was the fan favorite vote.
1: Which, it, that part confused me, and I would have liked a little bit more, I guess, clarity there. Uh, did John, John not win the fan favorite because he couldn't? Because like, it was like, okay, you won all this, and so the fan favorite is going to be different from the overall winner. I or don't know. Or did Jon John actually not win the fan favorite?
0: I don't know. And overall, Griffin Colopinto actually had the second highest points. And so Jack Robinson was third.
1: Was John even in the... Because I find it very difficult to believe that John John Florence was not in the running for the fan favorite.
0: Yeah, that he and wouldn't have just won that.
1: Won that too. Unless yeah. so unless I said, okay, the overall winner in the fan favorite is a different category.
0: Maybe, maybe. And if
1: you win overall, you're not included in that category. But I would have liked them to tell me that because it seems odd that... Jack Robinson. Not that he's not a popular guy, but would beat John John on the fan vote.
0: Right. Well, congratulations to John uh, on the women's side. Carissa Moore won the overall, so she is the triple crown digital triple crown winner. But she didn't win every wave. She actually only Alieva. won Oliva, but her accumulation of points trumped the other surfers sunset winner was Bronte McCullough pipe winner was Moana Jones deservedly. So. And then the fan favorite was Tatiana Weston Webb,
1: which that was confusing to me too. The Moana winning pipe, but Tati winning uh fan, fan favorite. favorite. Yeah. I mean, just per their dust up. I know it, it seemed odd. Like, yeah, the, both the fan favorites seemed odd. and and I would have also liked to see it. And maybe it was posted somewhere and I just didn't see the point spread difference between like, what did Moana get? Uh, you know, how many, how close was she? I mean, was it ever listed anywhere? I just saw winners. I never saw a second, third, fourth, whatever. If you go
0: to their website, they do have all the scoring as well. Okay. You kind of have to dig for it, but it's there. Um, it's one thing I do like about it. So is this the best thing ever or is it lame? I actually think this kind of is an improvement. The idea of previously they ran events basically for five days, sometimes longer, at each of these spots, brought in all of those people and staff and scaffolding and everything, shut down the surf spots from the normal locals that surf it is a lot of hullabaloo. Like this is kind of better. Just everybody come free surf, bring your filmer if you want, submit your clips if you want. This is a lot more um, sustainable version of the contest. And I'm wondering if in the future, when COVID isn't a concern, if maybe we just do a digital version
1: i mean the the digital version of the triple crown i definitely think should be something that sticks around I, if they cleaned up the if they made yeah. it more interesting throughout the run uh and then also had a better show at the end like a better rap show yeah i'm all in
0: they they would have to devote a platform for exactly what you're saying they and it could just be on instagram but yes at the end of the day be like hey these are our top submissions from the day here's what the scoring is like Like, that would be amazing. We would definitely eat that up.
1: Especially when there's swell, right? Which there was for a bunch of that. North Shore was just, like, every day was epic. And so to have, instead of watching waves, like watching the footage in a vacuum, there's just so much, you know, what do you actually pay attention to? Yeah, you pay attention to the one, if there's a wave that everybody's talking about. But to me, having an either daily wrap or a couple day wrap or a weekly wrap or whatever would have given context to a... Historical run of swell on the north shore. Totally, there was because as is, there was really no context to it. There was people who did had amazing waves. There was people who did amazingly, but there's no general context. I Correct. don't think to to the twenty twenty one north shore winter season.
0: Well, I care and I'm tracking the triple crown, and it was very difficult for me to find updates. Yep. I'd have to go to their website, and the website was a little bit clunky to navigate, and so. Yeah. They need, they need to solve that for sure. Yeah. Which they can do. Sure, um, I think they were just kind of putting it together last minute, obviously. Uh, moving on. Are you following any of Gabriel Medina's tabloid
1: fodder? I am. It's fascinating. I mean, I, it is a fascinating storyline.
0: I really you? think I'm super into it. I think it's fascinating as well. And I'm surprised that it isn't a bigger conversation taking place in the surf world.
1: I mean, here's, so here's to that, I think. The surf voices now are so minimal and yeah, more or less pretty poor. I mean, not, not to toot Beach crit's horn, and obviously dislike Beach Grit all you want, people, for being tabloidy. But that's always part of the fun stories is the tabloid stuff, right? From Chris Ward to whatever. But I think that stuff now is not cancelable, but uh, we're not going to talk about that guy. So Stab is super cleaned it up, and when they yeah. do... Make a mistake like putting or what they ever they think is a mistake putting Jack Robinson's money amount, posting it, and then hurrying up and apologizing and disappearing it all real quick. Surfline's uh, never get. Was that a recent story? You didn't you didn't see this?
0: No. Wow,
1: it was absolutely patently ridiculous. Uh, Sam McIntosh wrote as part of the you know stab premium offering. Uh, wrote about like I, I didn't read it, but like a state of the pro surfing, right? Like how much people are getting paid.
0: Yeah. I saw an article that was about um, who earned money in 2020 when everybody else was down, who earned money in 2020, but I didn't read it.
1: And then, and then I didn't read it either. But then on the, on the Instagram, uh, one of the sliders was, you know, quote from Sam, I suppose, if Jack Robinson is making, I can't remember the amount, $125,000 a year, there is absolutely no way you know how can you go to your tm if you're less good than jack and say that you deserve more uh jack in the comments said you're totally wrong about my number but keep guessing uh you know seemed in my first read seemed lighthearted, uh but then it just started going of people getting in like f you for you know calling jack out and you know typical kind of comment rage but stab as it does hurried up and disappeared that post and disappeared the entire story so all to say stab's never going to back to gabriel medina and Neymar jr stab's never going to touch anything like that and when they do touch stuff like that they do it they usually mangle it and then have to delete it Surfline's not going to touch it No. uh who so who's going to touch it besides beach Crit, where where derek has been writing about it but yeah you know i mean all to say the surf world and i suppose that's U.S. centric and maybe the, some of the Australian mags would, but I feel that the the Australian mags are actually doing good at being good again, at being more, I don't know, more curated and thoughtful, which this is not one of those stories.
0: Well, the other detail about that article on Stab was um, when they launched the subscription service in that first paragraph, they threw a barb at BeachGrit going, you know, if you want to follow stories about blonde chicks showing their boobs on
1: their yeah, website Elle, or whatever. Elle Jean coffee and shark attacks. <laughs> but that
0: was, that was the image that they used for this new article. This new yeah. article that was like, who earned money in 2021? It was her laying out in her lingerie.
1: I'm like, Very oh, how silly. critical
0: is that? Yeah, anyways. Yeah. So Gabriel Medina, the tabloid fodder. Do you want to bring us up to speed on what the fodder even is?
1: I mean, the the from what I could tell, like, this is not, hey, let's make gay jokes. This is the Brazilian media. We're saying that the relationship between uh, Gabriel Medina and Neymar Jr., a soccer player, is extremely close with, like, pictures of them hugging and stuff like that, right? Where, so. Not, suppose, not,
0: not even hugging. I mean, hugging anybody would do. This is like.
1: A side embrace.
0: Like embrace, like intimate embrace, I would
1: say. Yeah. All And but so, guessing. And so, I mean, I think, you know, to to conjecture about these kinds of things is probably not the coolest thing. But imagine if Medina and Neymar Jr. were a couple, they would be on every red carpet for, they'd have a solid run of being the most famous couple on earth. They would challenge sure. Prince William and Princess, whatever his wife's name is. What's her name?
0: Uh, not Meghan Markle. The other no. one. Yeah. It'll come to me.
1: Kate. Is <laughs> Kate. It yeah. yeah. Kate. Kate Middleton. Uh,
0: um, so what I love about the, first of all, I'll back up and say tabloids clearly peddle rumor and innuendo. That is what they do. And so these are Brazilian tabloids, um, that we're kind of pulling this information from. Where they're the ones who are tracking it, also kind of the most aggressively, and they have reported that, which I guess is fact. Uh, Gabriel and Neymar have been friends since the childhood, so they've known each other a very long time. But the level of affection that they're displaying in public is unusual for Brazilian culture. Is yes. what they're what, and they're implying that there's more going on to their relationship. They further implied that. The girlfriends, the Brazilian beautiful model girlfriends that they both maintain are strictly beards beards to, you know, throw people off from their own, which clearly is conjecture. But what I love about this is that um, this transcends surfing. Like, this is so much bigger than surf. Like, I love that Gabriel is so much bigger than surfing.
1: Gabriel Medina Gab- is way bigger than surfing.
0: Gabriel does not care at all about surf media, even the WSL. No. Like, he wants to win world titles, obviously, but he is so focused on some other level of celebrity, you know? And I I, I think, like, you can only kind of achieve the level of dreams that you aspire to. But if your dream is to make $100,000 a year, you'll work your whole life and then hit that goal and be like, I finally made it. Never knowing that you could have set the goal of a million dollars a year or whatever, you know? And if you live in a small town, that's your dream is just to like buy the nicest house in that small town. Not knowing you can live in a mansion on the coast or whatever else. And I think Gabe got that very, very early on. and he And so even the idea of winning a world title is peanuts to him. So his goal is... I'm going to get 20 world titles. And I'm like,
1: what do you think? Like, I have not been to Brazil. I get the feeling that uh, Gabe is a mega star in Brazil, right? Yes. Like Gabe goes into a McDonald's in Brazil and will for sure get recognized. Totally. Right. Totally. Whereas I think Kelly Slater could go into, well, he wouldn't be going to McDonald's, but Kelly Slater go into a Starbucks here. Uh, Not in California, probably, and not in Florida, but I bet Kelly could go into, you know, a Nebraska Starbucks and not get noticed. Totally. Where I would imagine Gabe can't go anywhere in Brazil without getting noticed. Totally. Major star.
0: And I think that, honestly, I don't know Gabriel at all. I've never met him. uh, But I would presume there's a social, he had an awareness of kind of a social climbing from a very early stage where he just thought, I'm not going to venerate Kelly Slater. Like that guy's my competition. I could be way bigger than Kelly Slater. And he looks over and he sees Neymar. He goes, that's actually an international celebrity. That's who I'm going to not hitch my wagon to. But those are those are the people I'm going to surround myself with, let's say. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, it, Gabriel, I feel, moves through circles that uh, yeah, are are vastly different than his professional surf compatriots.
0: Which is why for the last five years – we're going, hey, how come he has like three times as many Instagram followers as Kelly when he like shirks any media spotlight in the surfing and he doesn't try to make fans? Like, how is this working out? Well, it's because exactly that.
1: Is he's that, actually a star.
0: He's actually catering to fans that are you know chasing uh, Justin Bieber and stuff like that. That's the demo that he's going for. He just completely subverted you and I and everything else in surfing, which I love
1: about him. Sure. I mean, he's, he's definitely doing his own thing seeing him as full on Brazilian tabloid fodder is fun because we, you know, in surfing, nobody's tabloid fodder. Like (laughs) Kelly has been from time to time with, you know, dating Giselle and whatever, but it's not like it's wall to wall coverage and not that it is with Medina either, but it seems like he makes bigger stories there than any surfer has ever made here
0: he's he's going to be more and more wall-to-wall coverage if he leans into this storyline that they're, you know, developing.
1: Well, here we go. i got one for you right here. Uh, Kanoa Igarashi was on this rocket to international fame, I feel, pre-Olympic shutdown. Now yep. he better start getting in front of the tabloids if he wants to – if he wants to go where he wants to go because Gabriel Medina is going to suck all the air out of the room. If he, if he continues to play his cards, right?
0: Well, they're he could take a page out of Gabriel's book. They're, they're pandering to different demographics firstly, and different, different uh, geographical regions for sure. Oh, they are that. So like that Kanoa is kind of um, Japanese centric thing has a huge fan base. And I, 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 mean, I don't know the numbers, but I would imagine as big as Brazil's.
1: Yeah. I mean, you'd think as if not as big as Brazil's, but still, I feel they're yes, they have their uh, regional bases, but they're both pandering. I think to like you said, the Justin Bieber style stuff, right. To like the boy band surfing thing.
0: Kanoa's is very stylistically different. It's much cleaner. But again, that might just be catering to the culture, you know, like K-pop fans.
1: Imagine if Gabriel, Kanoa, they need one more guy in their band, actually formed like a...
0: Leonardo Fioravante.
1: Leo Fioravante. And then we need one more, I feel. Griffin Colapenta? No, Griffin's not nearly handsome enough.
0: Mm, love people. you
1: love you griff but uh what about seth moniz might be able to pull it handsome little hawaiian who else i feel we could go i
0: think for- no let's let's skip seth and go straight to eli hanneman
1: okay eli or, hanneman
0: or we could do um noah bashan or baron mamiya
1: okay i like
0: We're- eli because eli he's young
1: yeah, yeah. And you need it. You need like the young guy in one of these boy bands. But totally. okay. So these four guys, they stay surfing, they're on tour, but they also go get their choreography training. They learn how to lip sync, you know, or whatever, they get their voices digitalized and just go be New Kids on the Block or Backstreet Boys or One Direction. One Direction. Any of these, you know, any K pop band where you're just like, would they crush? They're all surfers. Good 100%. Looking.
0: It's all like I said with Chuck. It all comes down to management.
1: Yeah, they, this is all so,
0: orchestrated in a boardroom somewhere, and sure. they need to. That's where this needs to start.
1: And how then, much? How much? Uh, if you approached, you approached them all, got them in a room, and said, "Okay, guys, you're going to think this is kooky, and you're going to be right. It is kooky. How much can we buy your kooky for?" Like, I open checkbook. And then you'd have to break them off, right? Because you couldn't have them negotiate a high price for themselves or as a group. But how much do you think, if you said Kanoa Igarashi, $10 million a year, you only got to do this for four years. It's a four year contract. Yeah. Travel around it. the world, singing and dancing.
0: He'd do it. He'd be wise to just get points on the back end. Yep. You know, because honestly, that's where the round table's making the money.
1: Do you think, though, Gabriel Medina, serious surfer, world champion, do you think he would look at this guy bringing this offer and say, absolutely not. There's no amount of money. I mean, there's always an amount of money, right? Where yeah. where do each one of these guys break down? Eli Hanneman, I bet, would do it for 500 grand. The future is not bright for that kid. Not that he's not a fantastic surfer, but the... Uh, there's no market for him to peddle the, his wares. The surf industry don't look like it's going to go up for a, so, for a hot minute.
0: I think you're right. Kanoa would be 10 mil. I think Gabriel would hold out. And Gabriel, he is the alpha in that group. So I think sure, he would just... Sure. On principle alone, he'd be like, if you're paying Kanoa 10, you're paying me 50.
1: Yeah. You so know? 50 million bucks a year. And it, and if he, get...
0: and he, and he could tell him to walk. He'd be like, who else are you going to get? Who's going to replace I mean, me? You and need turns Gabriel. Out, you know, it turns out Idolo standing behind him with bleached blonde hair going, <sighs>
1: I'll do it for 20. Poor Idolo though. Idolo doesn't have the bone structure to pull it off.
0: Nor the relationship with Neymar.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you got Felipe sitting way back there going, I'll do it for 200K.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Philippe. Sorry, Philippe. Get to the gym. Uh, the It would be a phenomenal, it'd be the best thing surfing ever put forward. It'd be way better than sack lunch. Which,
0: <laughs> that is a deep pull. What about the surfers?
1: The surfers. I mean, Peter King, PK on guitar, Kelly on guitar. Who else was in the surfers? Was Rob?
0: Rob, Kelly, and PK. Uh, yeah. Speaking of people in their elder years in their twilight hitting their zenith pk i feel like pk is hitting his zenith right now
1: i haven't seen it i haven't seen a tour notes or whatever they were called for no a while
0: he's of. just posting tons of content
1: oh the i got to notes on thing pk's feed
0: so yeah you do and he looks fitter than ever. He's living in Hawaii. He posted a photo of him foiling the other day. He looked well, fitter than ever and he had more hair than he's ever had before, too. Whoa. I was like, is he grew his hair back. He got fitter and he's like.
1: Is PK on testosterone or something? Is he doing I don't know. some. Are all these guys? Is Pete Mel like Great question. steroids? Great Pete, question. Well,
0: we know what Tom's Peter on. Mel. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, this would be such a great time to have an advertiser <laughs> pitching yeah. a product right now. Go to hymns.com. It's <laughs> increased testosterone by applying this ointment Ugh. to the bald head. Uh, all right, well, let's take a commercial break. Let's do and, it, and then we'll come back. From there. All right, Chaz.
1: That's the last time everyone's going to hear that commercial because that commercial is going to call you up and say, <laughs> you guys.
0: We just ran the auto, the dynamically inserted auto geo tagged one. So somebody could have heard a McDonald's ad. Somebody could have heard a fidelity.com ad. Exciting. You don't know. Either way. We don't know. We don't know. Win-win. We don't know. And uh, we don't apologize. No. They could avoid those commercials though. If they sign up for the subscription service, that's the benefit of subscribing. Avoid the pesky ads.
1: No commercials.
0: And we're going to make this merchandise available to them as well.
1: I can't wait for that merch. I'm so So, excited.
0: Trying to build out the shopping cart uh, on the website. And I've hit a few hiccups. But it'll get up and running. All right, Chaz, we're going to play Barrel or Not. Let's do it. it. Playing the stock market. Barrel or Not.
1: After only playing it like... R slash Wall Street bets plays it. Yes, barrel. Barrel. Like totally effing. I mean, if you're doing it like the Wall Street bets dudes, the, uh, the smashing. Reddit? Yeah, the Reddit bros smashing institutional investors who are then went and cried their eyes out after getting bailed out multiple times for years and years and years and years. And years got hammered by bros and babes. Sorry, babes. What's the bro version of it? I mean, I just call it bros, bros, too. Yeah, hammered by them and then went and bawled their eyes out. I know
0: this is the Epic. best story that I've seen in a long time. It is the uh, best
1: story, but it's also terrifying the fact that it got shut down. What do you mean? I mean the the Reddit whatever Wall Street bets uh, got taken private. Got I think they've got kicked off
0: off Reddit mm. for doing what they did. Yeah. No. Well, so. Can you explain this story to the listeners or should I have a stab at it?
1: I mean, I feel I have a pretty good idea. You take it.
0: I'm going to try and then you fill in. Okay. Gaps. It's so confusing. Okay. But like, you, understanding, you've seen a big short. Yeah. Even that, I mean, I loved the movie. It's still confusing. I'd have to watch it five times to understand what's going on. But this is all based on shorting a stop. Yes. And... When I say it's so confusing, I understand the words that are written in yes. the articles that explain it to me. What I don't understand is that if if all of that is true, then this is all a fantasy land.
1: It if all can, is a fantasy land.
0: It's it's all fantasy. It's but, all just me saying I'm gonna like there's no transacting. There's no me giving you gold and then you giving me a commodity, or me even giving you dollars, money, and a commodity. It's all me saying, and it's not even transacting on a bank account. It's just me saying, I'm gonna borrow this from you, and later I'll pay you back. And you going, Mm -hmm. okay, I guess I trust you. And then me honoring that trust.
1: That's what I don't understand. I'm gonna borrow this from you, spend, like buy stock short,
0: knowing
1: that the company is going to crash, or go below that and then pay you back and pay myself.
0: And I know, again, we have expert listeners. I mean, we've gotten emails from people who teach this at Ivy League schools that always chime in and correct us where we're wrong. But in short, shorting a stock is, you borrow the stock thinking that it's gonna go down in value. You borrow the stock, you sell it for cash, so you get paid on that. And then once the stock goes down, you buy it back. So if you borrowed 50 shares of stock, you sell that. You buy 50 shares back at the lower price, thereby netting a profit. Then you give the 50 shares back to the person that you borrowed it from. And that person goes, oh, it went down in value. And you go, oh, sorry, I just borrowed it. It could have gone up in value and I would have owed you money, but it happened to go down in value. So you are basically betting on yourself, having some insight into the market. Well, the Redditors... Uh, could see that that was happening with GameStop as a stock. And so they having a nostalgic fondness for GameStop because they grew up playing video games said, Hey, we're going to screw all these hedge funds who are shorting GameStop. And they uh, inflated the price. They drove a bunch of buyers to the market that which then inflated the price of the stock and all of those people that borrowed it were now held accountable for something that went up in value to borrow it. They have to provide collateral. So they they were running out of collateral to cover the costs and i guess the like top 3 investors and in, or the top 3 shareholders in the gamestop stock net earned 2 billion dollars of collective value through the increase in the stock price i don't know if they've actually sold their shares yet or not or if they're holding them but it basically it made those hedge funds that were shorting it insolvent and completely Which is epic. We completely upended, like you said, the institutional kind of trading thing, a couple of retail investors completely upended the institutional investors, which is
1: crazy Would, and and such i mean yeah i don't i don't know how it's not the greatest story ever, uh, but yeah, the way that those institutional investors and big houses or shops or whatever they're called went and like are going to lock those guys down now is totally. Unfortunate, because it's all just a big game anyway, and these exactly. guys came and played it better.
0: Exactly, like
1: canceled. You, they 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 beat you at your own game, and then you took your ball and went home. I know. I mean, and then canceled them,
0: right? But they still have the stock. I mean, they still have the value of the stock. Um, yeah,
1: but I mean, the stock. I don't know that. Yeah, that's the other thing with GameStop, though. I don't know if it's if it's. I read a couple of different things that. It's either an unhealthy business or it is not as unhealthy as people thought. Like there might've been good reasons to invest in GameStop was what I read. It might have a, you know, some underlying issues, but more or less healthy and the shorting of it again, shorting it, you're basically sending it out of business, out of business. So these huge multi-billionaire hedge fund guys, are just, uh, they're just picking a company to drive out of, business. And so also, went out of business.
0: And also screw the people that they're borrowing the stock against, Yeah, you know, because they, they have information. And by the way, this is now in the last few days since this happened, it's happened a bunch with other companies like AMC. People are kind of doing shorter versions of it or smaller versions of it. So anyways, the question for barrel or not is playing the stock market. I mean, you're not savvy enough to be on either of those two camps. No. So are you barrel on playing the stock market?
1: I'm totally barrel. It's like a okay. full on game to me where you should go gut instinct. And I think I've said it before. Like when I went to that big financial conference thing, yeah, I told some dude that like a, you know, billionaire, he was the owner of the guy who owns uh, the Boston Celtics and FC Roma, the uh, soccer football yeah. club, whatever, like multi-billionaire guy. And so I was telling him, Hey, this is how I've invested in the past and I've lost my shirt every time. And he was like, Oh, you're valuable like you're so bad at this right. where everyone can ping off what you say knowing that if I'm zigging that everyone else should zag so i thought ooh good for me i
0: don't know so that's the thing i i do invest in the stock market and uh but i feel no confidence in it at all
1: are you but are you are you just throwing your money into a what what's it called just where mutual gets, fund a mutual fund yeah no. bet across the spread whatever
0: no I so have you're, a, actually, I, play, you're actually well, I have a retirement account that is in mutual funds that is you know that's just like where else would you put that money in um, that's just the safe way to do it and but then in addition to that I keep a separate account that is more trading.
1: So it's just, your, to, it's just
0: to try to figure it out.
1: So you you get like a gut instinct on some or heard something and yeah. think, yeah, mm.
0: yeah, just Where, to oh. try to figure it out. And it's a small amount of money that I contribute every month. And I'm like, what have I heard about or what do I think about that I can just see what happens? And my are thought, you up or,
1: are you up or down?
0: Way up, way up. Really? Well, yeah, because the market's been so great in this last I don't know year or whatever.
1: What did you but, what What is one of your real star stocks that you picked yourself?
0: Um, lemonade,
1: lemonade, the, uh, restaurant chain.
0: No, no. It's a, um, insurance provider. Like you go, like they aggregate insurance, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's up like 250% from when I bought it, you know? Wow.
1: You're smart.
0: So, but everything's up. I mean, ultimately everything's up, so I'm not that smart, but my thought is it's a long-term goal. It's like in 10 years, I want to be able to do this a lot better and more savvy. So if I just throw in a hundred bucks here and there, if I lose it, it's like right now, if I lose it, it's no big deal. I just want to understand how it all works. And I also want to develop a stomach for it because if I go through a loss or just go through a downturn,
1: I want to be able to- Pulling your hair out.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: A hundred bucks downturn. Harajuku. Exactly.
0: So I want to develop a stomach for it so that in 10 years from now, I'll be that much more savvy and then it'll be bigger numbers that I can kind of weather through,
1: you know? You won't That's commit high lie.
0: What's Which one is High uh,
1: Hialai is the game. Harajuku is a street in Tokyo. Right. Okay. Uh, Hialai is the basket game yeah. you play. Uh, right. But You, f-
0: you fling oh. the ball. Yeah.
1: yeah. Harikari is the actual one where you,
0: Lay I'm not even so going to talk
1: about it. Not oh, going to be, not going to talk about it. Yeah. Correct.
0: Um, but I'm barrel on the stock market. Only, but it's still playing. It's it's yeah. it's akin to it's gambling. gambling. It's totally gambling.
1: It's well, and I all think fictional. It, I think honestly, like even the craziest hedge funds, their returns are either up or down over a straight up mutual fund. Right? Like totally. nobody, nobody knows.
0: No, the index fund. That's the thing. Index that every, fund. Sorry. Yeah, that's yes. the thing. Everybody's like, you can't beat the index fund. Yeah. The best traders don't beat the index funds.
1: I'm going to just crazy. I can lose to the index fund. I know that. Yes you can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, barrel or not. Nah, blasting music through your car when you're changing to surf.
1: Oh, no barrel. No barrel. Don't blast music in the car park. Do not blast music going up or down the stairs. Clearly do not blast music in the water. Music and surfing, like Sack Lunch taught us, don't belong together.
0: <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm have said it better myself. It is so anti-barrel. And this is a PSA to anybody listening who does that. Stop it. Don't be that guy. It is the worst. And it's it, even,
1: it's, even if I like the song, I hate it. Like that is, it is not music and surfing do not go together.
0: I don't know who, who, what it is in people that they feel a need to foist their musical preferences on everybody else. Like, Hey, look how cool I am. I'm into this band essentially is what they're trying to do. Nobody gives a crap. Nobody cares Nobody. about you nearly as much as you think they do. Not Turn 1%. your music down.
1: The crazy thing is, this is surf specific for me at least, because when I rock up to the you know snowboard parking lot and people are have their hype songs on, I love it. Like hmm. it really goes well with snowboarding. Even like the park here, there's a skate uh, skate park at the park here, and you know there'll be somebody with their hype song inevitably in the parking lot playing it super loud. Great, have at it. Like, hype up. Maybe hyping up and surfing is stupid. Don't ever get hyped and go surfing. Just go surfing.
0: When I was, I mean, I don't know if this is embarrassing to admit or not, but I remember getting called out when I was driving to the beach as a 16 year old with my friends to surf for the music. I was listening to Stevie Wonder. Mm. It was Inner Visions. The album Inner Visions. I remember this vividly. And the song was living for the city. And my buddy Grant was like, are you kidding me? He's like, this is yeah. what my dad listens to. Like put on Lagwagon or whatever like punk band was in the latest surf video at that time. Like we need to get hyped up. And I was like, no, do you know he plays every single instrument on this track? This guy's like Legend. amazing musician.
1: Yeah, exactly. And a music- but hyping up and surfing, unless you're surfing Jaws, Kyle Lenny can put his hype track on and go get it.
0: While he's eating his bean burrito from Taco exactly. Bell.
1: Exactly. But if you're going to get hyped to surf... Go away.
0: I I agree. Go home. Hopefully we've adequately shamed those people. I think so. All right. Barrel or not. Coloring your hair as an adult male. Tom Curran had bleached hair for part of his segment in Free Scrubber.
1: As much as I love Tom Curran, I have to say no barrel. No barrel. You either do it legitimately and get highlights, which is super embarrassing. Or you do something the kids are doing like bleach or color. No barrel neither way is a good look like you leave your hair alone i'm gonna say at 33 and a half years old you leave your hair alone like you have up until then to color to do funny cuts mullets we've talked about just have at anything you want 33 and a half
0: what if you're vain and you're starting to gray what if you're just coloring out the gray trying to match your natural color
1: I would have thought that George Clooney taught us all that salt and pepper is a better look than a uniform color.
0: So there's no protected category for coloring your
1: hair? Zero protected category at all. All Yeah. Even if you have a, I have a horrible color of hair that's gotten worse over my time on earth. Dirty Uh, dishwater? Yeah. Like a real ugly dishwater that's gotten dirtier and dirtier as time goes on. Commercial Uh, kitchen. Yeah. Really that. And I'm not allowed to touch it. It is what it is as a man. It is what it is. And that's it.
0: Well, Idolo is safe because he's under 33 Tom Curran, unfortunately, which is ironic because Tom Curran is the style master and yet.
1: But that's how you know a rule is that's how you know there's no protected category. If Tom Curran can't do it, then nobody can do it. Do you think Eric Logan colors his hair? Mm. I think he does.
0: Whether he does or he doesn't, he wouldn't be opposed to it.
1: He definitely does. And, or thinks about it.
0: I think if he, if he saw some gray, I could see him coloring it out.
1: His, his hair is like a sort of blonde that doesn't very much exist in the wild. Well, on an adult man, like all that, the,
0: all the more reason to not follow that lead. I agree with you. No barrel coloring your hair as an adult male. I saw Tom Curran do it and I thought, you know, I'm going to rationalize this for him. He's in Mexico during lockdown. Uh, you know, he's getting, I don't know. He's just isolated. He's lost touch with reality. Uh, that's probably the reason it's not okay, but he's, it's I'm probably
1: the reason. I'm sure there was a reason that he did it, but whatever the reason was, was not okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Everybody, no barrel, no coloring your hair.
1: Do not 33 and a half.
0: All right, Chaz, um, great show. Thanks for doing it remotely. I hope that you and your kid don't have COVID.
1: Yeah, I think not. I think hopefully not.
0: Hopefully not because you'll have to cancel your plans, which would suck.
1: Guess what I did do instead of flying to Hawaii and giving everybody else COVID, I responsibly got my test and I'm sitting home. Good for you. Doing the right thing.
0: If you get if you test positive and you can't go to Jackson, um, beach or lodge grit might have to be shelved yet again.
1: Nope. I'm I'm pushing through no matter what this time. Third time's a charm on lodge grit. Everybody swing by, check it out.
0: So it's lodgegrit.com.
1: Yeah. Okay. Final quest- hard snow candy.
0: Final question. Would you like to apologize to anybody that you offended last week?
1: Yes. I would like to say that suicide is a serious topic and in the future I will try to catch myself before i'm flip and the times that i am flip uh i will try to go recorrect after
0: i've thought about this with covid too so the reason why suicide i mean suicide's not funny period but you know if you had been personally affected by it then clearly you'd be sensitive to it and i've thought about that with covid too is like it's easy to live kind of a cavalier life and to make jokes about masks or whatever but if you actually had like a healthy loved one who got taken down by COVID, could you imagine how angry you would be? Like I, if, you're, if your wife, let's say.
1: Yeah, but i Within, still within a
0: one, within one week span of time was no longer there for your I'd kids. I'd be a real bummer.
1: I'd be demoed, but I wouldn't stop joking about COVID. I
0: think you would. I think you would. And not only that, if somebody that you listened to that you liked was like being no way. about I would, it.
1: I would not, I would never once say, you listen to me. You think I don't this think is you funny. would shame him, but wife. you'd
0: get a bad taste in your mouth. No, sure.
1: never. About nothing. Yeah. Never. Life, Wait until it
0: happens to you.
1: We just got to keep joking, man. That's all we got. The,
0: well, then there's that. I do think there's value in that for sure.
1: But all I did not expect
0: an to. apology from you. So yep. you, are, you are a changed man.
1: I mean, yeah, there's something. I'm all about language changing. And if this is not funny anymore, then so be it. It's not funny anymore. I'm not going to the kind of dude who insists that the things that were funny for him in junior high <laughs> need to be funny today is not the kind of guy I want to be I suppose. Just, No, oh, I'm dying on this hill. I, I will laugh about suicide till the end.
0: I think there's another bigger picture detail here is dialogue between listeners and us hosting the show is what I value most. Like the fact that people can submit feedback and you adjust or I adjust or whatever, I think that's the most valuable part that we should try to maintain regardless of scale.
1: Let's build a whole new utopian society where there's no tattling. You can talk directly to us as opposed to tattling to the authorities.
0: And enact change through it, through dialogue. This is the new world order. This is the old world order and it will be the new world order, but it's not the world that we were living in for the last period of time. dialogue let's engage in dialogue let's have let's conversation
1: talk, let's talk we can even disagree at the end of it and be okay i like it imagine i like it imagine we brought back poetry we did we brought
0: back dialogue lots of good work happening here
1: beautiful all
0: right Chaz. well uh i'll see you next week at album surfboards
1: next to no. know i mean if i i'll You're see you next week jackson? right here in zoom for uh, yeah jackson hole until when It was like a 10 day Okay. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, will see you next so, week on Zoom. Until perfect.
1: then, get barrel.